0: In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum
1: security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else
0: can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo
1: War College. Welcome Wednesday Liber Cristo War College. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm here in Tucson, Arizona, uh speaking at a parish. And Kyle's also doing some apostolic work on the other side of the country, doing some Liber Cristo training. Kyle, I think you met uh you met some good friends of mine from Arizona, the, the Sablon family, uh, great Catholics, and they were very excited to go out for the training at Liber Cristo. So uh just tell them tell them I said hi. And Kyle, we got some good stuff today that we're gonna talk about. And I don't know anybody better equipped than to answer these questions. But before we get into the topic, I just want to mention that we're in the month of February. It's dedicated to the Holy family of Jesus. One of the prayers that I I've been doing for many years, I'll do a doxology at the end of my morning, evening and midday prayers. I'll say Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we love you save souls. So that's just a good doxology. It's uh, it goes back hundreds of years into the tradition of the church where people have been calling upon the Holy Family and asking them, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Kyle, I was in your neck of the woods, and you're like a rock star over in Abilene, Texas. I was there about two weeks ago, and uh, I I spend uh, three days with people that you know very, very well. And uh, you're you're, you're missed out there, but uh, you've you've left your mark in Abilene, Texas, that's for sure.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jesse. It's wonderful to be with you today. And yeah, there's just, you know, it's one of those things you meet. mentioned the Sablon family, the Ramon family, uh, the Rodriguez family, all of these, uh, you know, these are people who mean things in our lives. We mean things in their lives. And Providence brings us together all for the greater glory of God. And now more than ever, we're seeing these connections being made uh, across time and space, the remnant church is not confined to one particular part of the country. I, no matter where I go, I find like-minded people who uh, I'm finding the warriors, and um, there's more than you think, yes. and there's a clearer vision than you think. And I uh, I am so enthused and glad um, that we continue to run across these people that know uh, each
1: other and that confirm this is in fact what we are called to do. Amen. Tal, I want to get into something that I don't know anybody in the Catholic Church that's better than you on the topic of Freemasonry. I mean I I I I I'm like the B team when it comes to this, but you're like the A team when it comes to the other understanding. I've got an article here. It says Cardinal calls for permanent dialogue with Freemasons. Now one of the cardinals that's parlaying this deal is Cardinal Francesco Coco Palmerio. He's the cardinal whose apartment was raided a couple of years ago by the Italian police because he was involved in a sex-fueled orgy. The man is compromised. he's retired now, but now this man and a few other modernist bishops, uh, Bishop Antonio Stagliano and others that the article here uh, lays out they they want to establish this dialogue with the Freemason Freemasons. They want to establish some type of compatibility, like we're all brothers. We're all the gospel applies to you as well in some way, shape or form. You know, we have to mit the, fit the gospel. We have to fit it uh, towards your uh, understanding of life and 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 your worldview. Uh, tell me, and there's a lot of bishops and cardinals that are involved in this, in this, uh, Pressure to lift the excommunications uh and to and to again embrace Freemasonry as our brothers. So in in a nutshell, you tell me why is this incompatible with the Catholic faith? And why are, are these bishops and cardinals taking the church in the wrong direction?
0: It's a great question, Jesse. And I think Just from a premise uh, or a perspective of uh, primary principle, you go back to the garden and and you've heard me and and we kind of laugh that the serpent and Eve, that was the first ecumenical dialogue. (laughs) And the issue is to oppose Freemasonry is not the purpose of the Catholic Church. The purpose of the Catholic Church is salvation of souls. It's not conformity with culture. It's not these things. It's to oppose evil, to oppose disorder, only in as much as it is necessary to expose and address these things in order to achieve the primary mission, which is the salvation of souls. Amen. Freemasonry, Freemasonry, on the other hand, is founded on the principle of of militating against the church specifically any governance of the general populace by the church that is their sole purpose and so if we begin dialogue with them it elevates their apostate position and it denigrates or lowers ours it's as if we we were going to say let's have a um Civil discussion on uh, infidelity, and let's see how long our wives are going to engage in that. Mm. There's no such. Th- there's no such thing. The, the, mm. You know, it's an English sentence. It sounds civil. It sounds sophisticated, but these principles can't be discussed.
1: Wow, I like what you just said. Let me repeat. See if I got this right. You said that Freemasonry. Was established to mili- militate against the governance of the Catholic Church. Correct?
0: That's correct.
1: Wow, that that sentence says everything in a mouthful. And it you know it, it makes sense, Kyle, because the Catholic Church, the genius of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is an international uh, in, in, an international body uh, with uh, you know bishops, uh, Pope, priests, dioceses. What the Greek word for diocese means territory. It's an international web in all 193 countries. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It makes sense that the devil would want to mock that that Catholic, that international uh, web to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to every soul. The devil would want to mock that by its own society, but it's a secret society and that's Freemasonry. And they also, at this point now, since they've been around since 1717, they also now have an international web. And again, they, uh, a, 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 when you get to a certain rank of Freemasonry, uh, they've been invoking this great architect. When they get to a certain rank of Freemasonry, it's revealed to them that the great architect is Lucifer. Correct?
0: Per- that's precisely right, Jesse. It, it When you look at the height of Christendom, um, the late Holy Roman Empire, and the uh, when you're looking at it, the kings, the monarchs, those that were coronated by the Pope, they pledged allegiance to the tenets of the faith, the doctrines, the dogmas of the faith. This is a, a point when um, governance was... Unified, and the movement to separate the the Freemasonic mantra is first discovered by Cardinal Torquemada in the Spanish Inquisition in fourteen seventy one with a group of people who call themselves mockingly the Illuminados, and they were a group of Spanish noblemen, Jewish merchants, and Saracens who otherwise should never even be talking to each other, but their common enemy was the governance of the Catholic church through the Spanish monarchy. Mm
1: -hmm. And they
0: sought to divide altar and crown. And that has been the mantra of the Illuminati since its establishment was to remove the governance of Jesus Christ, the sovereignty of Jesus Christ through the temporal structure of the church to remove that, from any influence on people's lives, replacing it with a one world government that is Luciferianism.
1: Wow. That's powerful. So uh, it, Catholicism really, really gave us Western. When we talk about Western civilization, we're talking about Catholicism. And I think the only the, the oldest aspect of Western civilization is the holy sacrifice of the mass. It's my understanding that Freemasonry basically wants to rebuild Western civilization and build it back better, if you will. And like you said, the way they they're trying to accomplish this is they had to divide altar and crown, and uh, and 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 this way you separate you 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 take away the moral influence of the Catholic Church from governance. Uh, am I tracking it in the right direction?
0: You absolutely are, and so what happens is we see before um, the establishment of coronated monarchy, before we see the establishment of um, kings and queens that were ruling for the purpose of the salvation of souls and charity, then you've got a domination, not dominion disposition toward rulers were all about, uh intimidation control domination expansion all of those things that are aspects of our fallen nature and it is only in those once uh christendom is established we you still have war you still have various things but there's an overarching mission of salvation and when people say well that's that's an idealistic view of of history we've got to realize that we have been uh, exposed to the Freemasonic rewrite of history especially in the public school system in the in this country and it's all been part of an indoctrination process that
1: started in the late 1800s hold that thought kyle i hear the music wednesday war college jess romero kyle clement talking about spiritual warfare all things catholic we'll be right back stick around that were called just remarkable clement talking about freemasonry and uh many bishops right now in the roman curia many bishops in italy are trying to uh extend the hand of i guess the, the the hand of fellowship the olive branch and they're trying to say who am i to judge let's allow these freemasons to uh you know let's we, let's consider them our brothers and may one day of uh, the pope and the grand master may they meet and walk uh together in the light of the sun, uh, Kyle, this is false ecumenism because what we believe and what the Freemasons believe is completely incompatible. Saint Paul tells us in Second Corinthians chapter six. I'm paraphrasing. He says, "What does Christ have to do with Satan? What does light have to do with darkness?" The Catholic Church is incompatible with Freemasonry. Uh, again, they want to build a one-world government. Uh, they, they, they they're they're promoting secular humanism. Uh, this uh, this whole Tower of Babel, we can make things better by man's efforts, and they deny and reject the social kingship of Christ. Is that correct?
0: That is precisely right, and and I think that um, you know order, as Saint Thomas says, and ranking means everything. And though while you, what you say is correct, perhaps a more accurate way to say it is Freemasonry is incompatible with the Catholic Church. Because Catholic Church is the truth, it's founded upon Christ. It has the primacy in any and all discussion, and so it is it is Freemasonry which opposes Catholicism, not a Catholicism which opposes Freemasonry. And, and in that that little bit of syntax, um, Freemasonry is incompatible with Catholicism.
1: Got it. Yeah. This
0: is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the same deformation we have when we place vice and virtue on an equal stance and say um, virtue combats vice. It is vice which comes against virtue. That which is good must have the primacy. That which is true must have the primacy. And it is the apostate voice. It is the uh, rebelling voice that speaks against truth, uh, against established government or authority. And the moment you elevate that dissenting voice to a par, now you you have given place to the serpent. You've given place to the spurious argument. You've given place to the untruth.
1: You know, uh, Kyle, Fa- Father Ripperger has a small little uh, video where he talks about the communists uh, and the diabolical tactic is once they've, they've enmeshed you, once you're compromised, once they've got you, now they reveal the method. And they're basically saying, you can't do anything about it because you're so enmeshed in our system, in our grip, uh, you know, uh, that now we're going to tell you what we're doing to you and how we're doing it. Freemasonry, they also do the same thing. You become enmeshed in Freemasonry as you move up the ranks. And then at a given point in time, they tell you, oh, by the way, okay, now you've been in your, all your... uh the social connections, all your business connections are all Freemasons. All your wife's friends are Freemasons. All your kids' friends are Freemasons. Uh, all your social business contacts are Freemasons. But by the way, the great architect that you've been invoking in the lodge, that's Lucifer. You've been invoking Lucifer. You say, no, no, but I'm Catholic. I go to St. Miscellaneous, St. Diversity's Parish. I'm the Knights of Columbus. No, no, I can't pray to Lucifer. You've been doing it. We're revealing this to you, and guess what? If you don't continue doing so and coming to the Lodge, we will destroy your business, your social life, and everything. Isn't that the the way it works? It precisely
0: is, Jesse. It really is. And if you really want to sharpen the point of that pencil, we see it in um, how the Israelites become slaves in Egypt when they were invited in. They're invited into a place, they overstay their welcome, this place of sin, this place that's incompatible with them. And then there are all the reasons, this is why it's so hard to leave. sharpen the pencil point a little more. This is why when you tell someone who is cohabitating that you cannot do that, that is sinful. There may be an acknowledgement of the sin, but immediately we get the discussion about finances, about cost of rent, about a, you know, both of them being in one household. You get all of these spurious arguments that are what we call the yebits. Yeah, but mm.
1: I have this.
0: Yeah, but I have that. Um, and this is the bondage of sin is all of the yebits.
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you, anybody who's trying to parlay this deal, this is the classic the classic definition of a modernist theologian. And this is a classic definition of what I would call an infiltration of Masons and Marxists into the Catholic Church. Like uh, the, the infiltration of the Catholic Church are three M's, modernist, Masons, and Marxist. And we're seeing that play out with this dialogue with high-level uh, bishops and cardinals in the Vatican and the Roman Curia as they're reaching out to the Freemasons and they're basically using the Pope Francis's line, who am I to judge? They are our brothers. Who am I to judge?
0: Well, oh. you're, you're, you're spot, you're spot on Jesse, that they're modernists but they are not theologians. And we saw this when we had the designation of the term "paridi" applied to people who were out to destroy Um, the church in Vatican II, time to call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. These voices are not uh, the voices of Catholicism. They're the voices of anti-Catholicism. This is the destruction of the family fortune by the privileged uh, child born with the silver spoon who did not work for the wealth. There is no martyr's blood. That flows through him. Um, He is wasting the heritage, apologizing to the wrong people, apologizing to those he should not, not apologizing to those he should, and missing his first mission, which is to conserve, to preserve the faith whole and entire. There is an arrogance that is necessary that says uh, things must be moved, changed, uh, abridged. It is this um, this very spirit that is consistent with the destruction of the church.
1: You know these modernists, Kyle they 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 believe that everything that preceded, say 1965, 1970 was basically wrong. We could we could it's Biden's line. I'm going to build build it back better. We're going to build a new church. We're going to build this better because everything be before 1970, 1965, uh, they got some things wrong and we need to reboot the church. This is the arrogance of, of, of many of the modern theologians today. The ones that call themselves theologians is, uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they think that they can change the church's teachings. They think that they can change the church's, uh, uh, you know, sacred tradition, but, uh, the doctrines that we believe in, they're the holy doctrines that come from our Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means his doctrines are immutable. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever, correct?
0: Well, that's precisely right. You, you are absolutely right. And I think you have to go back to look at um, one of the blows that drove the church to its knees. Um, was Martin Luther, and so then there is a succession of blows. If you if you look back, you can see the hoof prints, if you will, of Satan as he gallops through the the Vatican. And one of those first hoof prints was on the 500 year ver- anniversary um, or some commemoration. We actually provided a liturgy for a, a co celebration, if you will, of Mass with Lutherans, and there was a statue of Martin Luther mm. in the Vatican. And I thought it was extremely symbolic and poignant that that statue was made of a red marble. And so this is the demon thumbing his nose. How do you like me now? Um, Not only am I inside, I am inside and militant
1: and in your face. That's, That's where we are. Yeah, I think, as I recall, even like one of the streets inside the Vatican, they, they renamed it, and they called it Martin Luther Drive or Martin Luther Way or something like that. But uh, yeah, so Martin Luther's gone from 500 years as a heretic who was excommunicated, now under this Pope, as as an iconic figure of Christianity, somebody that's supposed to be marveled at and exalted. Uh, how, how does that happen in 500 years? And yet, Kyle... You'll have pope splainers. They'll be doing backflips, and they'll be they'll try to rehabilitate uh, that event. Well, here's what's really happened, Jess. You got to listen to me. Here's the context why the Holy Father did this. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, some people on our side they're just blinded by uh, by this. Uh, uh, I think uh, this uh, uh, hyper papalism.
0: Well, I I think that that's one certainly one feature of it, Jesse. We find ourselves as Catholic men. We find ourselves standing on the edge of a howling wasteland that is devoid of any of the landmarks of virtue and right doctrine, and we cannot follow this shepherd and lead our flock into this howling wasteland. We must return to the ranges that we know. We must return to the places of nourishment for our our families and that is orthodoxy and orthopraxy it is what was what saved souls for 1800 years nothing is new it's an ancient battle the idea that we are somehow in a different cosmic configuration than we have been uh since the resurrection of the christ that's uh inconsistent with what we know to be the truth and you may say it's old school. Well, yeah, it is. And old school is the only school. You can try all the novel stuff. You can do all this stuff. You can listen to all the Jesuitical theological dialogue that you want. There is nothing new under the sun. It is what it is. And I and many other Catholic men, we need the good, solid voices of the Father Rippergers, the Bishop Stricklands, those who speak with that resonance of truth that it it it's amazing what happens when um in a uso configuration you send uh entertainers or speakers or people to the to the to the lines i had friends and and people who were in afghanistan when uh president trump showed up um that's that's a that's a game changer that is a huge game changer For your commander-in-chief to show up at the battle and to Mm. talk to you and to be with you and to understand and make that eye contact, um, those are such very important things. We as men, we require ritual and fraternity, and we have neither in this church, the modern church. In the traditional church, we have it, and we're finding it, and we're looking for it.
1: Amen. Wednesday, War College. Jess Romero, Kyle Clements. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm going to ask Kyle about super novenas. What are they? How to use them? What's their efficacy? Be right back. Wednesday War College, just yes, Romero, Kyle Clement, talking about all things Catholic. Kyle, I, I, I want to ask you something. It just came to my mind. I just want to get your take about uh, the event at St. Patrick's Cathedral. I don't think it's a coincidence. You have Father Chad Ripperger, and by the way, if people, in case you don't know, Kyle Clement uh, is Father Chad Ripperger's right-hand man. He's his lay assistant. He's uh, basically the team leader for anything that happens in Father Ripperger's ministry of healing, liberation, and exorcism. So Father Ripperger gives an incredible series of presentations at St. Patrick's Cathedral, and he packed the house. It looked like uh, in the days of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, that type of a I, I know three priests that pack houses like Father Ripperger did. Archbishop Sheen would pack venues like that, father john karapi uh of good memory he would also pack events just like that and father chad ripperger now he's he's doing the same thing so father also uh he prayed and blessed in uh st patrick's cathedral did a perimeter prayer uh and gave some incredible lectures and people were, in, were incredibly inspired and 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 uh, enlightened us to the truths of the catholic faith so Two weeks after, in my opinion, there was a retaliation. I think the devil said, hey, "Hey, hey, I have a lot of I have a lot of people that work for me in that diocese, in that chancery office. Uh, I'm not going to take this sitting down, and this whole funeral of this transgender, this guy that thinks he's a girl, and uh, and uh, he professed atheist as well. By the way." Uh, it was not a coincidence that two weeks after Father Ripperger was there, we had a sacrilegious, blasphemous event occur inside the church. It was packed with transgenders, people cross-dressed, people dressed like a freak show, and stepping onto the sanctuary of St. Patrick's Cathedral and yelling profanities at the top of their lungs. Uh, to me, Kyle, it's not a coincidence that this happened. I would hope that that uh, Cardinal Dolan would do an exorcism prayer, chapter three, over the whole cathedral. Uh, I know there's a lot of lay Catholics that on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of, of this uh, few days ago, they went over hundreds of Catholics, lay Catholics, and they did prayers of reparation for hours on the sidewalk in front of the cathedral. But uh, Kyle, do you think uh, my assessment as a as a retired LA deputy sheriff with with a cop mind? You think it's a stretch what I'm what I'm saying?
0: Not at all, Jesse, not at all. And so your um your assessment so here's the thing is your assessment is correct, but from a spiritual warfare standpoint, we got to go back a little bit. When you would be called um to a crime scene, the crime had already occurred. Let's say it's a robbery. Mm-hmm would Would you have liked to have the opportunity to talk to that guy in the planning phase
1: oh absolutely,
0: yeah, and so what happens is this is this is an important point and it it goes hand in glove with with the first part of the show is any type of dialogue with these um, with the diabolical and or their human agents is not going to go well it will any any concession you give them any place any charitable treatment you give them is going to be used as license and it will militate to absurdity because they cannot help themselves there's no restraint of decorum or virtue or right order they lack that so when you begin a dialogue with Freemasons, wherever it starts, it will not end until they have totally destroyed the church and there are no more concessions to be made. It is the same with the Islamic Christian dialogue or any of these other things. This would be the same as saying, okay, we're going to have a canine feline dialogue by nature (laughs) these two are opposed the freemasonic the freemasons are diabolic this whole transgender movement it's clear to see it's diabolic it's disordered there's not a man out there who doesn't look at that and recognize that's not right Mm -hmm. so the point that i'm making is at there was a, a request for the funeral you got it. in this day and age, you do not know who is an agent provocateur. you do not know who, who is a saboteur, you do not know what people are about. And so they failed on the due diligence. This is yep. where the Catholic Church fails very, very frequently is on the due diligence. This is how abor- abortion proponents wind up on um, Vatican dicastery this is how a major domo, um, vicar of one of the most scandalous modern people in history in the church winds up being Chamberlain of the Pope. There is no due diligence. There's no calling out and saying this guy was this. He did these, these, and these things. Um. And to be specific, you know, he is disqualified from holding this position. When they approach, when they go to the pastor and say, um, we request a funeral mass for this person. Because of the blindness of false ecumenism out of Vatican II, there is no due diligence. We can't say no to anybody. We can't offend anybody. We can't even make sure that this was person was in a uh, in a sacramental relationship or a, or a sacramentary relationship with the church. Meaning, is this person in fact a Catholic? <laughs> We're terrified of offending.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right, and and uh, and we've got pie in the face now. Uh,
0: Precisely. Yep.
1: And and you're right. Kyle, a lot of it, it it comes from it comes back from one of the of the 16 documents of Vatican II, one of the d- documents, you know, when, I, when when you're a cop and you turn in your report at the end of shift that you turn in your report to the to the watch commander, to the lieutenant, they look at your report, they read it, and they'll call you the report writing room if if uh, if the lieutenant he'll kick back the report, if it's missing some elements of a crime, if it doesn't, if it's if it's not gonna pass the muster. They'll call you back and it'll be all redlined. They'll get a red pen and it'll redline it. You got to fix it, do it over again. A future Pope should take the document on ecumenism on Vatican II and redline the whole thing and rewrite it because this thing, this document and its implementation and the whole so-called spirit of Vatican II has led to, again, the document on Islam the document on you know on this conversation with Freemasons, uh Fiducia supplicans, uh, even things that were happening under, under good popes, Pope Benedict, Pope, Pope Paul, the, uh, John Paul II, this the Assisi gathering, praying with other religions inside the sanctuary of a Catholic church. Uh, the Dalai Lama put a Buddha statue on top of the tabernacle. Uh uh. Yeah, this document has caused a lot of damage in the church. Some pope needs to get his red pen and redline the whole thing and start uh, that one needs to be done over. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree that it's not done over. There's no need for the document, (laughs) Um, and and that's a a, this gives us a a segue or an entryway into a classic um, activity of Freemasonry and that is the destruction of the office through two things. They do it over and over and over again. And when I give you these two things, it'll, 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 I mean, you're aware of them, maybe not in this way. Number one is to attack the integrity of the office. The primary way you attack the integrity of the office is how was this person, how did they, obtain the office so the demon is going to want and freemasonry is going to want to insert someone in the office who is not qualified
1: like fernandez who wrote two two books on pornography as a catholic priest uh, under the auspices of uh, oh i'm trying to teach young people about chastity really
0: so this guy is morally
1: disqualified
0: yeah um, and, and it could be legally disqualified from an office such as presidency or senator or any of these places of governance, because if you can qua- if you can attack the qualifications of the person inhabiting the office, you are attacking now the integrity of the office itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Then the
0: behavior.
1: Yeah.
0: Then the behavior of the individual now begins to um, diminish the quality of the office. For instance, the office of president of the United States will forevermore be changed because of Bill Clinton, the morality. That's true.
1: Yeah.
0: The eligi- eligibility of candidates with who themselves are recorded as saying they are not a citizen of this country. Barack Obama. Then, Then you take that, and what he does is begin ruling as a dictator, not as a president, the proliferation of executive orders. So now you've diminished the office. How does this apply to what you just said about supplicants? If you cancel the document, if the subsequent pope cancels the document, then what happens is Anything that subsequent pope publishes, no matter how good, stands in peril of cancellation by the following, the next pope, Mm. the subsequent pope. Mm. So the only thing you can do is to go back and restore to a point and say... This document, which was attacked in future documents, this is the standard. We restore this document. Hold
1: that thought, Kyle. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Good stuff.
0: Please, ladies,
1: Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. Kyle Clement is out uh, out teaching right now uh, the Liber Crystal method to many people. Kyle is Father Ripperger's right hand man, uh, and uh, I'm also coming out with a book, by the way, uh, through Sophia Press later on this year. Um, uh, I'm writing a book: why the Latin Mass attracts Catholic men. So it's a it's a biblical theological book that I'm writing. Why is it That the Latin Mass attracts Catholic men, and Kyle's going to be one of the contributors. He's going to contribute a story. Kyle, give me give me a three minute soundbite of why, because obviously we 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 grew up under the Novus Ordo. We know the Novus Ordo Mass, and it was instituted in 1970. So by large, we grew up under the Novus Ordo. But what is it that attracted you back to the Latin Mass? If you could give me a quick soundbite, because I also want to get into Super Novenas in this last segment. Go ahead.
0: Sure, Jesse. It is, uh, it is truth and beauty. It is the commemoration of sacrifice, not a banquet. Mm. It is the focus is creature is focused on creator, not creature on creature. It is mm. ad orientum. It is not ad hominem. It is a mass of leadership. It is a mass which directs one's attention toward the ascent um, to the altar, the ascent to God. Um, and, conform- and conformity of our will to his holy will, um, those are some, some sound bites, if you will, or some, some short things. Men are, uh, we require ritual, we require fraternity. And the first choice is ritual that relates us and orients us to the good and fraternity of like-minded men if a man cannot find right ritual and fraternity he will find corrupted ritual and fraternity
1: hmm. i hope you write that down when you submit your story exactly what you just said i hope you write that down uh that's that's going to be uh that's going to be a, a welcome addition to the book the book is going to be called why catholic men mm-hmm. are attracted to the latin mass i've got I've got a guide from every branch of the service that has seen war. They're adding. I got a seal, army, uh, uh, marine, uh, air force, F-16 fighter pilot. What attracts them to the Latin mass? I got two retired professional heavyweight fighters. One fought in Pride. Uh, the other one fought in UFC. Uh, one of them is very popular. His name's Boss Ruten. He's also a contributor. I also got an NFL football player that's contributing. Why he loves the Latin mass, and then Kyle is also uh Father Ripperger's right hand man, uh, the man who knows more about spiritual warfare than any other lay Catholic on planet earth. Uh, the man who's a rancher, the man who's uh who, who knows about taking down uh, animals. He's even he's even uh lost a a digital uh as a result <laughs> of that type of work. So he knows what it means to manhandle animals. So I got eight solid men, men, uh that have a lot of testosterone that are going to be contributing to my book and sharing their story, what attracts them to the Latin. Mess. And hope, I hope everything you said right now, Kyle, I hope it's in that, you know, in that uh, one-page document that you're going to send me. Okay, let me ask you something. I was over in Abilene, Texas. Everybody kept talking about and Kyle came over to our house and we did a super novena, Jesse. And it was beautiful, it was powerful. And he came over to our house. Okay, so apparently you've been to many houses in Abilene, Texas. And you spend evenings with families and mentor and disciple them and, and taught them a, what's called a super novena. What's the reason for a super novena going to people's houses? Is this a way of kind of like, is this kind of like a spiritual warfare afternoon for families? Uh, is this a, a, a way to, to, to create, you know, Catholic fellowship husbands and wives uh, and, and and pray prayers of protection for their families what is a supernovina, and and how do you use them, Kyle?
0: It's a great area, Jesse. Um, first of all, supernovinas came out of an observation and came out of the work of spiritual warfare. Um, the primary exorcist, God rest his soul, was Father James Irving. And if your audience would um, his the anniversary of his birth into into glory, his death date. Is March eighteenth, right between Saint Patrick and Saint Joseph, mm. and um, he was um, he was a man's man. He would come to the ranch and ride, work cattle with us, work sheep with us. He was, um, like I said, a man's man, a great exorcist, but he had a real spot for families. And so what we were seeing uh, all across South Texas, what we were seeing Southwest Texas, was there were families who were trying, who were having reversions. They were, they were converting, they were having these moments of coming back to the faith Mm -hmm. and these were met with diabolical opposition Ah. by familial spirits, generational spirits, cultural spirits. And so there was some institutional elements there. And so what this was, was developed to uh, build up the domestic church to do a definitive practice in the home. And so a, a brief history um, on novena. Novena means nine. The very first novena was the, um, the Blessed Mother leading in prayer the apostles between Ascension Thursday and the eve of Pentecost. And so it was nine nights of prayer in the locked upper room under threat of death during that period of time between Ascension Thursday and the Pentecost. A couple of things to think about. It is at this time that Matthias is named. Uh, There's a council. Peter leads the council. But the Blessed Mother is the one who leads the prayer effort. And she's petitioning for the coming, not of someone unknown to them. Uh, It sounds like, I will send you a paraclete. She knows him intimately for she is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And so the Blessed Mother is leading them in this prayer for the coming of her spouse, the Holy Spirit, to animate the church, to give birth to the church. And this is Mary, Queen of Apostles. So that's the power behind Novena. What are the force multipliers? Single intention, same time of day, same location. People would do what they had to do to be there. Uh, some of these families, Valerie and I would drive 80 miles one way to pray with these families. Yeah, they told 30, me. They, they
1: told me. Yeah,
0: there'd be 30 or 40 family members. Uh, but you talk about break the hold of the diabolical in that family. It was hugely effective. They're geared toward Novena, uh, toward Marian feast days. They follow the liturgical calendar. There are several force multipliers, but they were very, very effective in um in dealing with the diabolical influence in families and in extended families. They will be available along with some narrative about how they were developed and how they were used. That's going to be available in book form this coming fall. We're working awesome. on putting those together.
1: Awesome. so Kyle, so you would go to these families that had a reversion uh there's they're having pushback from the diabolical obviously because they're leaving they're leaving a life of mortal sin so you and valerie would go and uh, yeah they told me that a lot lot of people would show up and you guys would pray it's an extended period of time because those those super novenas are long you've given to me i have them in a word in in a folder they're long so would you just do it one night and basically tell them okay what we did tonight, this beautiful time of long extended prayer. I want you mom and dad, you know, uh, head of house. I want you to continue this for the X next eight nights, or would you come back and Valerie and do nine days with them? I mean, how did you do it?
0: Some of both, most of the time, especially when we first started them, you know, I'm, I'm running a ranch and working all day long and, and we'd say, okay, we're going to start at eight o'clock. And so, um, I had good people helping me, my son uh, and his family, my daughter and her family. Yeah, I had good help. And um, and so we would stop work early. We would clean up. We would drive an hour and a half, pray all the way there. Um, we'd pray the super novena, and then we'd come home. And, and lots of families needed the support. We would do that nine nights in a row. Um, we did what what it took. and the, And the Holy Ghost, it wasn't us. Um, the Holy Ghost provided the clarity, the enthusiasm the w- energy um God provides, and so this is what it is to be a warrior and to train warriors um and and that's what it amounted to is to empower this men, these men to be heads of their household, to be heads of the domestic church, to restore the patriarchy. Um, and in many of these, we had patriarchs, aged, infirm patriarchs, and we would meet in their house, wherever they were, we would meet there and we would pray at the feet of, of the, of the Abuelo, of the, of the grandfather, the yeah. patriarch. Yeah. And, uh, it re- it, it restores his place. And then part of that would be, he would do a hands-on blessing of all present because he is the patriarch. They would come and kneel and he placed his hands on their head and wow. he would bless them. Wow. Um, I mean, these things are huge as far as power goes, but, um, yeah, it's a, it was a, it was a wonderful time in our life. Uh, it was, it was a very important time and it's not going to come without, this is not a ticket to popularity. These novenas are hard. And if there's a demon there, he's going to try to drive you apart. He's going to try to get you not to pray day three, may be pretty tough. <laughs> But uh, if you can just power through it, make the commitment, do what it takes to to be
1: there, um, it's amazing. Which ones do you recommend? You've given me you, the the, the, the St. Joseph one. The what You've given me a bunch of the Christmas novenas. Which one did you usually do when you go to a house and do the super novena? Which one did you usually do?
0: Whatever was liturgically appropriate.
1: And that's oh, okay, a big okay.
0: key. Oh, is, got it. That's got a big it. key. Yeah, so whatever's liturgically appropriate. And then if you had a spirit that had a particular issue um, that was indicative of a particular issue, these super novenas are the backbone of our phase three. So the Libra Crystal phase three is built. This is the baseline um, around what um, phase three is built. Now there'll be prayers and minor exorcism as well as some other activities. But whenever one of these super comes up in the liturgical calendar, the family is prescribed to, to pray it.
1: Got it. Good stuff. I'm going to want to talk to you next time more gonna spend the whole hour on super novenas, because this is a topic a lot of people are asking me about. And I said, well, I know the guy who uh, started this, so we'll have him on next time for a whole hour. Thanks, Cal. Keep up the good word, brother. God bless you. Keep the faith. God bless you and your family. Thank you, Jesse. You've been listening to Wednesday War College. Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. Kyle Clement is uh, he's the, the top lay Catholic on planet Earth when it comes to the understanding of spiritual warfare. <clears throat> this guy is the Bruce Lee of spiritual warfare when it as it relates to us as Catholics. Hey, we'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. Keep tuning in to vmpr.org. Bishop Strickland up next.